All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. You're listening to Oilers Nation Radio, presented by The Nation Network. Subscribe for free on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, Oilers Nation Radio, episode 119. Today, it is Bag Milk here with Tyler Remchak, Rick, and Nation Dan. We are here to break down all things Edmonton Oilers. And gentlemen, I don't mean to get you too excited off the start of the show, but there is an Edmonton Oilers game. In fact, three of them next week. After months and months and months of waiting, we are now less than a week away from watching the Edmonton Oilers play hockey because today it is Friday, January 8th in the capital city. And I'm excited, but we're going to get to that in a second. First off, I want to start by thanking our friends at Sherwood Ford, the giant out in Sherwood Park, Alberta. Follow them on Twitter at Sherwood Ford and on Instagram at Sherwood Ford underscore the giant. Despite the fact that it is nice in Edmonton right now, we know a cold snap is coming eventually. And that means it's the perfect time now to winterize your vehicle, be it with tires, fresh oil change, or maybe you just want to get in on one of those new Broncos they keep posting. I know I do. Sherwood Ford, if you're listening to this, I will take one in blue and orange. Or black, please. Brand they new can't Bronco. find. They can't find the uh, the cars for us, right? So I guess we could take a step down and just go Broncos instead. I mean, the dream is always to be have all of us have a 1987 Ford Escort GT. However, I don't know if that's going to happen. So I will, if I have to, I'll slum it and I'll take a 2021 Bronco. We'll pivot. Tyler, as we do every week, we're going to mm-hmm. start off with the short four giant question of the week, if you will, sir. Well, with the season just a week away, it is hot take season, it is prediction season, and all that good stuff. So I figured, let's go around, and for this week's Sherwood Ford giant question, let's give our boldest prediction for this season for the Edmonton Oilers. That is your Sherwood Ford giant question of the week. 
Bold predictions, gentlemen. I'm going to start this one off. This is the low-hanging fruit for me, and I even I would bet some money on it if I was able to. First bold prediction from me, and please give me your thoughts. Ryan Nugent Hopkins, for the first time in his NHL career, will be a point-per-game player. Love it. Point-per-game player for Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Thoughts around the horn. Dan, am I right or wrong? Uh, yeah, yes. Yes, it's, t- it's tough because it's it, it, the truncated season. There's a lot of question marks, but yeah, I, I especially seeing him up on McDavid's line, I say yes. Rick? Sign me up, man. I can, I can see that. I think it's going to start off very offensive with uh, the goaltending defense is going to be kind of sloppy to start. So he's going to have an opportunity to get uh, out to really healthy lead. And yeah, you, you ride that ride that wave through the 56 games. Tyler, your thoughts on Ryan Nugent Hopkins, point per game player. Dan, you agreed with it? You think I, he, I did. Okay, after, uh, <laughs> okay you did. Um, yeah, I'm going to agree with you as well. It's kind of boring when we all agree, but I mean, he's going to have a full season on a skilled line, whether it's with 29 or 97. He's going to be on that top power play unit. Contract year as well. We know players love stepping up in contract years. I absolutely think uh, Nugent Hopkins can do Bag that. Milk, I'm going to say that because we agree to it, it's not bold enough. Get bolder, buddy. All right. Well, then my bold take number two will come. But first, we're going to change the order. Tyler, your first bold prediction of the season. The Oilers' top five scorers this year will be as follows. Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, and then I don't know who four will be. It could be Cassian, could be Yamamoto, I don't care. But you know who will be in that top five? Local boy Tyler Ennis will find a way to finish top five in Oilers scoring. I I think if the Cahoon experiment doesn't work, I mean, maybe even if it does, I don't know. I think Ennis could find a way, find his way into this top six and stay there. And so I'm saying Ennis top five in scoring. All right. So if this is the level of bold predictions we're talking about, I do need to step up my game. However, I'm going to start and I don't, I disagree with you. I love Tyler Ennis. I think he's a valuable contract, but I think that um, I think that a guy like I could see a guy like Tyson Berry sliding into the top five. I could uh, Rick right now is pointing at a fresh Pulley jersey <laughs> that he's got. Maybe he gets a little love. I I don't know. I don't know if I feel this one. Anybody else? I I can't show you because my laptop is anchored right now. But I had actually Tyler Ennis fourth in team scoring, so I'm even more bold than Tyler. One upping. Um, yeah, Oof. I do agree with you, Bag Milk. I think Barry will be up there, but I don't think it's bold enough. I'm calling you guys out. I think you need to get bolder. I can't wait to get to you. I'm going to finish off with you last. Then, Rick, do you think, what about Tyler Ennis in the top five? I would love to see it. Don't get me wrong, but I, I think there's a couple of guys who they're, they're ahead of them normally, and they'll be getting the opportunities first when it comes to power plays and second try power plays and even a third try to power play one if, if, if it goes to that. Rick, coming at you, your bold prediction for your first bold prediction for the Edmonton Oilers in 2021. Well, everyone's going players, so I'm going to go with the team here. And I'm going to say we make it to the finals. The Stanley Cup finals? The Stanley Cup finals. Now we're getting bold. Sure. Why not? That's barbecue sauce bold. We are getting bolder than your cup bold. I honestly think that we are the best team in the North. It's not by, it's not by a large margin, but I think at the end of the day, we do have the best team. When you have the best players, I think you have the best team. Um, we've really secured the, the bottom half of the team. So I feel a lot more uh, confident going in like that. Yeah. 
And then uh, if I'm if I'm looking at this properly, um, after we get through the the North playoffs, we'd play uh, one one series against the West, right? Before you go to the final. That's the way. That's the way we understand it. But who knows? Yeah. yeah, So it it wouldn't be against the West. It would be against anyone potentially. Oh yeah, I suppose they could. They're re-ranking it. You, we can right. play Pittsburgh. Oh, right, right. Oh. Okay. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick with my prediction then. And uh, yeah, I'm, we're gonna get through the Canadian, and then it's a one series, man, to get there. And I'll, I'll put mm-hmm. up the best, two of the best, three or four or five uh, players on the same team. So let's do it. The Oilers make the final this year. Before we get to Dan's bold prediction number one, what stands in the way of your bold prediction? Do you see any speed bumps, Rick? Uh, yeah, injuries for sure. Um a drop of the ball by the goaltenders. That's my um, biggest speed bump. I think is I just, I, I I, it's, it's, it's definitely a speed bump. It's definitely, it's definitely out there. I, I don't think it's going to happen. And if it does, I do believe um, Holland would be quick to make a, a move. Like if it's, if it's Smith not playing well, I think you have some options below him in the organization already. If it's, if it's Koskinen, that's, uh, that's an issue. I think he'll make a quick move uh, to find a new goaltender. And at that point, I don't know who goes. I, it's going to be a bit of a desperate move because he doesn't want to uh, lose a season. So we could lose somebody we really, really, really like. But uh, I think if Koskinen slips a bit, I, I don't think Holland uh, waits too long in making a move for a goaltender. Dan and Tyler, any it, speed bumps here? Yeah, I was just going to say my speed bump for you, Rick, is is just the, the, play in, the playoff round in the North, I think is going to be the toughest playoff round of all four divisions. So those other teams that come out of their divisions are going to be better rested, I think. Oh, I, I don't know, man. You got, bar, I mean, look, you, uh, Pittsburgh could have to go through Philly, Washington, and the Rangers. You know, there's everybody's got in their division. They have massive divisional um, yeah, but mashups. You, you're looking at like the Tampa Bay division. Tampa Bay, I would say you pencil them in in the conference finals right now. Vegas. Tampa Bay. Vegas but Tampa Bay could still end up in a series against Dallas or Columbus or even Nashville for that matter. Carolina, those aren't going to be easy. I do under, I do agree that with the fact that their bottom end teams are probably lower than our bottom end teams. But um, when you pick the four to make it the playoffs, you're not unless you get super duper lucky. They're, they're going to be they're going to be uh, fine competition in those, and they could have some of their biggest rivals. I mean, we know what Crosby and Philly goes. What you know what that's like. So yeah. Uh, any one of these teams I'm looking at here could end up with a, a tough playoff uh, push through their own division. Tyler, what, what stands in the way of the Oilers and either a conference final or a Stanley Cup final? I think there's a whole uh, a whole list of things that yeah, could stand in the way sure. of that. And, and I mean, you could go through all 31 teams and go through a list of things that are standing in the way of them making the Stanley Cup final. You don't need me to tell you this. It's a very hard thing to do. Uh, but I think the goaltending would certainly be a concern. I think no Oscar Clefbaum on the blue line, although they did some really good things Bringing in Tyson Berry, I like the addition of Slater Cuckoo for some depth. The bottom line is, is if Caleb Jones isn't ready to be a top four D-man, that blue line might struggle at points. So that's a concern. Goaltending and the quality of competition they'll have to face. I think, you know, it's going to be such a grind in that North division to, to get yourself in a good spot heading into the playoffs and then to grind through two rounds against Canadian teams as well, who you know are going to be good. It's going to be real tough. But I mean, I like the optimism from Rick. That's what this part of the season's all about. Dan, you are finishing off round one. Your bold prediction, sir, after calling us all out on our bold predictions. I'm saying right now, Miko Koskinen is going to have 23 wins this season. Okay. That's, and that's a high mark, high benchmark for him for sure. Then are and we going to the finals, Dano? Well, 
Yes. Come I, on, I, you're well, getting them that many wins. Are we going? I will are, you definitely the, say, are we on the same side here? I'm on the. I will go on out on a limb and say that we win the North for sure. Like I don't. I don't think that there's a team that can touch us in a seven-game series in this North division. Does, I don't know. I don't know what happens after that. I think that there's there's concerns, you know, against a Vegas or a Tampa, like a more complete team. There is still issues with this team. Tyler kind of mentioned them all there in in quick succession. There's still issues there, but of the of the North Division teams, Edmonton is the best team, even if we don't finish first in the division. It is very clear to me that the Kool Aid is going down smooth. Today, it's a good boys. time. It's a good time to be a, it's a good time to be an Oilers fan. It's a fun time to be an Oilers fan, and we got hockey in less than a week, boys. Like, what a time to be alive! It's less Kool Aid and more like there's there's an actual um, argument for it, and it's, it's not water. That, it's no, not Daddy, that cra- It's not that crazy. Listen, Daddy's been thirsty, so this these two weeks leading up to a new season is always my favorite point for Kool Aid season. Uh, before we go into round two of bold predictions from the boys, I want to check in on some of your thoughts we asked on social media today. Uh, Ryan Krieg, these are on Instagram. I'm reading. I know Dan's got some Facebook ones up. Ryan Krieg says, Nuge scores 28 goals. That's a 40 goal pace over a full season. I like that one. Not bad. Boat Dog says, Koskinen wins the Vesna. That is spicy. <laughs> McClick says, Yeah, that's a button. McClick says, Smith and Koskinen share the Vesna. I think that's a little, uh, you might be a little tongue in cheek there on the last one. That one gets this. That's just plain ridiculous. That (laughs) Matt man says we make the playoffs. I don't really think that's a bold prediction. That Matt man. Uh, Ty Skog says we lose five games or less at home. Five games or less at home. That's a hot one. And they never let fans back in the building in Edmonton. (laughs) Yeah. Like if that's the case. uh, DF. A Rhina, DFA Rhina says first place, baby. Sure. Uh, nice. Yeah, I got a couple here from Facebook as well, Bag Milk. Go for it. Uh, I'm not going to say full government names just because that's our, not our shtick. Uh, but Dylan C says Barry is considered for the James Norris, uh, James Norris after a ridiculous season on the power play with Connor and Leon. Let me tag that one. Noah Becks. Noah Becks 11 says Barry will be top three in defensive scoring. Dan? Oh. Nice. Nice. Uh, Kevin Rosh or Kevin R, sorry, says Nuge wins the Art Ross. <laughs> Hashtag keep Nuge forever. I think he's just, uh, he's just pestering Lu- me now. Yeah. <laughs> Mark Lumez says the goalies struggle, but a midseason trade for Elvis Merklins brings us to the final four. Merzlikens. Merzlikens, sorry. Uh, and Jordan D says Neil decides to retire and void his contract, freeing up $5 million, and Edmonton goes out and gets a goalie, and we keep Mike Smith in case we need someone to throw down a fight. I don't know where that extra money comes from, how you're going to go and buy a goalie like that, but uh, I like the – I like the, is the uh, Dude, has anybody said he's not allergic to his equipment right now? Does anybody have a credible, <laughs> uh, credible source that. saying he's not yeah, allergic I mean, to his equipment? He yep. might be allergic. This <laughs> might be a career end. We may be at the end of this. I don't, I don't know. What is – Tyler, what is wrong going on with James Neal? Is there, like, know. any rumblings or what? He's skating. But That's Tippett says skating. he's skating. But Tippett says he doesn't expect him back for a for a while here. So yeah. I mean, and, we, and we spent the whole off season, yeah, Haas too. We spent the whole off season debating like, oh, who's going to be the last forward in the lineup and all. And it turned like injuries always hit, right? That's kind of what we we tend to forget in the off season. Prime yeah. example of that right now. Allergies. Yep. 
Uh, back to Instagram. Lanny Drac 96 says, Pull your RV goes ham and gives the Oilers the extra something they need to make it to the playoffs. Uh, that's a tepid take, I would say. Peter Gogo says, Jones and Bear is greater than Nurse and Bear. Jones and Bear. Nurse Whoa. Bear. That's a little spicy one from the back end. Yeah, that's really like, spicy. I like this yeah, next one. Mr. Health and Wealth 2021 says, McDavid contends for the Rocket Richard. I like that one. And okay. Bushy P. Bushy P. I, I believe that was my name for myself during the pandemic. Is no. <laughs> Oilers win the cup. That's another hot take. Let's go, Come Bushy on. P. I like Bushy P. Uh, you know, <laughs> from the hedges. Uh, back to round two of bold predictions with the podcast, boys. I'm going to go ahead and start this. Connor McDavid, 90. I know I had a I, I know I had a, a prediction a couple of weeks ago, but I'm up and yeah. Kool Aid's going down smooth, and Daddy's thirsty. Connor McDavid, 95 points in 56 games. Ooh. 95 points in 56 games. Come at me, boys. Tyler, I love it. Keep coming. Yeah, I I wouldn't say no to that. Like I certainly think it could happen. We saw Gregor's tweet about that a little bit today, and we'll and how good McDavid looks. Yeah, we'll get to that in a second. But 95 points for McDavid, sure, let's do it. Anybody disagree? Yeah. Anybody? No, I, I disagree. It's, it's going to be more. 99. That's what I've been saying since December the 11th, right it's on this very show. An homage to Wayne Gretzky would be very nice. Oh, who's next? I'm going to go to Rick. You're next up on bold prediction number two. Well, I uh, guess it's going to be a little bit of a different spin on Tyler's one, but uh, when you're talking about top five point getters this season, um, I think there's three names that are obvious, and I'm going to put the fifth one in right there. I'm going to go with the, the kid coming back from Finland. He's going to have a, a much bigger year than everybody expected. I honestly think the way he uh, he moves out there and his size and strength is really, really going to help out five on five in the top six. He will beat Cassian out of that spot relatively quickly, and I do believe he gets that uh, that spot on the on the first power play, which is going to help him put up a lot of points, a lot of much-needed secondary points for us. So, Pooley will be in the top five scoring for the Oilers this year. Uh, I, I don't buy it yet, but I'd love to see it. I'm not That's disagreeing, fair. but man, would I love to see it. Dude, that, I think everybody's seen that goal right now from yesterday's uh, scrimmage where he, he pops home the just like garbage from outside the key, if you will. And I honestly think that's one thing that Oilers have been missing. Uh, a lot of it, that's exactly where Latestu scored how many yeah. goals? Um, yep. you've got a much better player than Latestu, no, no, uh, offensively, uh, gifted player than Latestu, no, no, uh, nothing against him. Same with chase on. And the fact he's a, a right-handed shot and a big, strong body. I think he'll, I don't see Neil, uh, supplanting him at that spot. So I think he gets there for, for a good portion of the season. And that's going to allow him to get those extra points. I'm a big Jesse Pugliarvi guy. I'd say he, I'm the vice president of his fan club to your presidency, but <laughs> My, my issue with Jesse, or my fear for Jesse, is that his leash is still short. Um, no you know, fears, the, man. No fears. It's a different coach, different GM. It's a fourth overall player who's getting his, honestly, his I, first opportunity with, with this, with this um, organi- or not the organization, but the guys in charge of the organization. I, don't, I honestly do not think they give him a bit of a short leash. They can't give him a short leash. It's, it's a 56-game season. They need him to work. Um, I think he's going to get as many opportunities as they possibly can give to him. However, I don't think he's going to need all those opportunities. He will jump on. Uh, one of the early opportunities. Tyler, you buying what Rick's putting down? I mean, I, I think we do still like, you know, when, when they signed Puglia Yarvi, everyone was like, oh, great. He's coming in with, you know, low expectations. He's just got to be a good third line winger and all that. And now it's all like, 
you should see the Instagram, man. 90% of the bold predictions we asked for, people have been like, he's going to score 30. He's going to have a breakout year. I feel like that's we just need excessive. to. Let's, that's well, excessive. Let's, that's that's excessive. Cool expectations here. I mean, yeah. he hasn't played NHL hockey in a long time. The small ice is an adjustment. I, I have high expectations for Pooley RV. They're not high expectations this year. I, I believe he can hit a high level this year, but I'm not going to expect it out of him because I'm, I'm just, I'd be worried he's not going to hit it. And a lot of fans are just going to start screaming that he's a bust again when he only has six goals by game 35. All right. Before I move on to the last two uh, bold predictions of round one, let's just, let's get into it. What are your goal predictions for Jesse Pooley RV? And it's a, it's a short year. Um, but like over a 56 game season, I'll start off because I put my money where my mouth is on the sports book that I use. There were two bets available for Jesse Pooley One was that the over under was set at 18.5 in terms of points. Another one was set at 8.5 in terms of goals. I bet the over on both of those. I bet the over on both of those. To me, it's easy money. I think he's going to get 12 goals in a 56-game season, which over a full year, something somewhere around 15, 16, something like that. I'm, I'm bad at math. But I think that that's a reasonable expectation for him to score you know, 10, 12 goals this year. Uh, Tyler, what do you think? Uh, I also bet on him to score over eight and a half. I think that's easy. If a guy as talented as him playing consistent minutes at the NHL level, even though it's a shortened year, he should be able to find a way to bang home nine goals. But I don't think he'll get much more than that. So I will go with 11 goals for Yesopoli-Yarvi. I disagree with Rick. I don't, I don't necessarily think he's going to find a home on the power play. I think they have too many good options there. Um, but at five on five, I think he can find a way to score uh, 11 goals this year. So I've got 12. Tyler's got 11 goals. I'm going to save Rick for last because he's president of the fan club. Dan, you're up next. Gold predictions for Jesse Pugliarvi. Well, now I'm going to come off as a jerk, but uh, for a guy that has a career high of 12 goals in the NHL in a 65-game season for him uh, back in 2017-18, uh, I'm going to say 10 goals is the is the mark, and I'm not unhappy with that. That's not a that's not a disappointing season at all, and I think Tyler's right. Uh, we got a little bit of excitement from the training camp here, and there's a little bit I, of hype cool and a, new, a guy delicious. coming back. Yeah. I love it, but. I think 10 goals is a fine season for a guy coming back and finds a place on this team going forward. That's a huge thing for him. President and CEO of the Yes Pulley RV fan club, Rick, your goal prediction for 2021. I put it on my social media yesterday that I think uh, he's 15 plus. So if I have to pick something that is 15 plus, let's go with 17 just for no real reason. <laughs> just a, uh, it's just a, it's a, it's a close your eyes number and, and guess. So, no, yeah, I honestly, I, I do think he gets over 15. Um, that, first, that, that fifth spot on the power play, I honestly, I don't see many guys that you want there. If it comes down to skill, I don't see anybody that can, that, that's better than him there. Because um, I know everybody wants a bigger body there, so Yamamoto can't be there. That leaves you with, dude, that leaves you with Chase on or Neil or, I don't know, Diego Archibald. I don't know who he put there instead. So I do think he's going to get an opportunity. And I do think he has the ability to bang home a couple of shots, bang home a couple of rebounds, and continue to keep getting opportunities going forward. And he will become a, a part of that first power play line so the official list for goals predictions i wrote it down on a nice little post-it here nation dan 10 goals tyler 11 bag milk 12 rick 17 coming in hot let's go i like it uh wrap this up real quickly mr nation dan your second bold prediction for the season uh, another guy that you know has had a career high of 14 goals uh in his in his illustrious career with the colorado avalanche i think tyson berry eclipses 
18 goals this year. Oh, wow. Um, wow. I think he's, I just, there's, I got this feeling I, that I know he's not, he's shooting, not, he's not shooting cleft bombs from the point, but I just feel like there's going to be an unlocking of something for this team on the power play that they don't, they haven't had in the past. It's, it's been a power play that's been driven by McDavid and, and Dreisaitl. And I think that Barry is that element that, that we haven't had yet. And he's going to come in and he's going to have some nasty little wristers that, that goalies aren't ready for because they're playing McDavid and they're playing dry side all the whole time. So yeah, Tyson Berry, what did I say? 18, 17, 17, 18, 18. somewhere in there. 18 is good. We're good with that. Uh, so yeah, Tyson Berry, 18 goals for this season. Tyler, your last bold prediction for the Edmonton Oilers. I'm going to go to Instagram and give a shout out to, uh, to Mac Riley, who gave the bold prediction of McDavid and dry side. will both put up over a hundred points in the regular season. <laughs> If that power yeah. play is hot, baby, why not? Yeah. I'm agreeing with at the Mac Riley oh. on Instagram. McDavid, Drysaddle, each going to get over 100 points. Why not? Well, okay, let's get bold. Hold on. I love this because because when I made the prediction on <laughs> December the 11th that he was getting 99 points, you guys were just flabbergasted <laughs> at it, and I love that we're all aboard the 100-point train. This is a you good time. Made, you made the prediction out of season. You have to make that prediction in Kool-Aid season. Remember oh, last year no, when no. I said Cassian would score 30, and every time he scored, I would be tweeting out that there's one more? <laughs> uh, I love Kool-Aid season. It goes down real smooth. Real smooth. That wraps up the short forward giant question of the week. Uh, I also want to thank our friends at skipthedishes.ca for helping make this possible. Again, Thousands of restaurants around the city. Order yourself some food. Last night, got myself some Sepp's pizza from downtown. It was delicious. Mm. I loved it. I ate way too much of it. And then I was a little bit bloated as I went to bed. But you know what, Tyler? I regret nothing. That's all good. Skip the dishes.ca. Get yourself something to eat this weekend because your time is better served looking at your fantasy hockey team, which will tie into something we're doing a little bit later. Skip the dishes.ca. Get yourself something to eat. Uh, sticking with some training camp stuff, there's training camp's weird because you can't really put too, too much stock into line combinations yet. Obviously the, the people that are on the ice have to get pared down. However, there are some interesting decisions. Um, again, I want to touch on it. Ryan Nugent Hopkins playing with McDavid rather than Leon Dreisaitl. Um, any other line combo current line combos that, that have you kind of scratching your head or make you intrigued or have you curious about one for me outside of the top six is whether or not Josh Archibald is going to stick on that third line with Kyle Turris and Jesse Pugliarvi, at least to start. I think that could be an interesting line um, in terms of what they yeah. would be able to produce. Also the different flavors of players on that line. Are there any line combo current line combos that have you scratching your head or piquing your interest this early in training camp. Tyler, I'm going to start with you. Uh, no, not really. Like we, we've debated the RNH McDavid combo versus having RNH down with dry settle in Yamamoto. Um, you know, Cahoon with dry settle, something we expected. So in the bottom six, a little bit surprised that it's not uh, Ennis getting a look with Taurus and Puglia Yarvi. Um, but I mean, you can't, Ennis and Archibald are fairly similar players. I think Ennis obviously has a higher offensive upside. I think he, he can score a little bit more. So that's why I'd like to see him on that line. But I don't think that's like an egregious move by Tippett to put Ennis on the fourth line and Archibald on the third. And, you know, we're still fairly early in training camp here. We're not quite getting to the final couple of days when it's probably going to be basically like pregame skates on Monday and Tuesday ahead of the game against Vancouver. So 
nothing crazy sticking out to me. Like even the D pairings, Nurse with Bear, Jones with Larson. Russell was skating with Bouchard, but I fully expect that it'll probably be Barry on that right side when the season starts. So there's honestly nothing standing out to me so far through training camp. Another thing, uh, an interesting note, maybe not surprising, Dan, I'm going to come to you. Cahoon slotting in beside Dreisaitl and Yamamoto. We all kind of expected it, but there it is. Well, that's the thing. You know, we kind of touched on it. We touch on it every training camp, but especially in this quicker training camp, that a lot of these these line combos that we're seeing, they're they're just testing stuff that they maybe haven't seen before with some of the things, right? And And knowing, finding out what they have in that quantifiable kind of sense of, you know, what does Cahoon do with Dreisaitl and a, and a Yamamoto? And does he gel with Yamamoto? They, he has the history with Dreisaitl, has that worn out? All those kinds of things are question marks that are, are to be answered uh, in, in training camp and usually in preseason. Of course, we don't have that luxury this year. So, so it's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's to be expected. It's what the coaches are trying to, you know, trying to figure out where they can go if things aren't working. Um, but you you imagine that yeah that we're seeing kind of the solidifying of Nuge up with McDavid and and different moving parts coming in with Drysaitel and Yamamoto because those two guys are, are are partnered up and now you got Cahoon trying his spot there. One thing I want to touch on Tyler teased it a little bit earlier is training camp is great for Kool Aid season in terms of everything. Uh, expectations for players, what you expect from the upcoming season. And this tweet from Gregor really kind of got people thinking about McDavid. His tweet, and I quote, is breaking. McDavid is still really effing good. Ten, min- ten months of him being able to train properly and work on small details of his game. Sounds strange, but his shot and where he is shooting from has improved. I think 90-plus points is very realistic. Maybe push close to 100. Now, we all know Connor's good. Is it realistic to really expect during training camp that he's gotten that much better? Dan, you're already shaking your head. Yes. Yes, absolutely. It is. This is, I've been saying it now for a while. This is the longest off season Connor McDavid has ever had. This is a guy that was coming off of a knee injury that obviously slowed him down. It hurt his production last year. Leon Dreisaitl was able to pick up the slack and, and run with it and won a heart trophy for his troubles. But for Connor McDavid, it's not surprising that the hardest working guy in, in hockey is doing magical things coming out of the longest offseason in his career. Tyler, what do you think? Connor, I think, you need, I think you need to take it with a bit of a grain of salt that is training camp. He's only skating against his teammates and all that. But I, I have said that for a while. Eventually, we're going to have a Connor McDavid season where it's just a historic one. Like, he's that good. Eventually, he's going to put up you know, in a regular year, I'd love to say 140, 150 points. And I agree with Dan's points. The long off season, he's 100% healthy, all that stuff. There is a chance that this, this season's Connor McDavid is one that, that, we've, uh, that we've never seen before. I can't wait. I cannot wait. I am so excited. Like I said, these two weeks leading up to the first game of the season are my favorite time of year to be a fan. You can say whatever you want. There's a guy on Twitter right now. He's trolling Oilers fans by saying Montreal has two players better than Connor McDavid for cheaper. It's the best. There's just pointless conversations about nothing, and I love it. We'll get back to training camp a little bit, but first, Tyler, we got to welcome a special guest, please. Yeah, we, we do have a special guest to welcome in here. Joined by Brody Schnarr on Oilers Nation Radio from Owner's Box. And uh, just, we're going to talk some fantasy hockey. We're going to ask you about McDavid and Dreisaitl and all that good stuff. But before we get into that, just explain to us what exactly Owner's Box is. 
Sure thing. And uh, thanks for having me on, Tyler. So Owner's Box is a weekly fantasy sports platform. So think kind of a blend between your typical Yahoo Dynasty year-long leagues and the action-packed daily fantasy DraftKings FanDuel offerings. So what we're doing is kind of compacting, taking the best of both and turning uh, turning the format into a week-long contest where you you would go through a snake draft, you draft a team, manage that team against competitors and you know, just like you would any other snake draft, but managing for the week and seeing if you can can make strategical decisions and vault yourself into into the win by the end of the week. Oh, I I love the idea, Brody. It's it's something that just kind of unlocked for me when I heard about Owner's Box. Where does the idea for weekly fantasy come from? Like, as a guy who loves fantasy drafts, maybe doesn't do so successfully at fantasy pools myself and have to just kind of stick with what I drafted. Where does this weekly fantasy idea come from? Yeah, sure. So the weekly idea from our side is just trying to take the best of both, both offerings. I mean, I'm a big fantasy guy too. I love, I love the year long space. I love, I love all of it. Right. I, I want to play these. I love the draft. We started with that as the main idea. The draft is number one draft is the most fun part of what you do making your team, making the selections. And then we just wanted to build on that. So how can you make it more of a user-friendly experience? How can users be involved more? And that's where kind of we came up with the weekly idea where you can, you know, add and drop players. You can, as the week goes on, you can make adjustments to your team. So, you know, injuries are probably the worst part of fantasy sports. You can get screwed, whether it's in the daily format or year long. I know I do a season long league that kind of does an early draft and, uh, Guy who got Kucherov number two is not too happy right now, right? So, so things like that don't really kind of become less of an issue on our platform. And just giving players that real GM experience of having that week and being able to adjust was kind of the center around the idea. And that's, that's where it came from. I think, I think a week-long pool is interesting too because for a guy like me, my attention span over a full season might dip and wane, but a week is perfect. You're engaged, yeah, exactly. you're in the mix. That's that's our thought too, right? And if if life circumstances come up and you can't do it next week, you know, that's okay. You're you're setting yourself up for one week, you're setting yourself up for that draft and then uh building on that. So yeah, it's it's a time frame that's digestible. It's a time frame that you can see what's happening in the real world, really follow along and make those decisions as you go. So when exactly is this draft? Do you have a draft every at the beginning of every week? So you or- can draft at any time on our platform. Um, you can go on right now. We do uh, two-man drafts, four-man drafts, eight-man drafts, and 16-man drafts. And so all that's looking at, if you, you know, everyone knows March Madness, that's kind of the format we do. So if you do a 16-man, you know, it's going to be head-to-head that first week. If you beat a guy, you move on. You're now in the round of eight and so on and so forth, right? So um, it can happen anytime. It can also happen with friends. I think that's a big part of what we want to do. You know, you four, if you want, after this, you can sign up. You can verify who you are go in a contest against each other. You can add each other as friends on the platform, you know, message back and forth, set up your own custom contest as well. And you can set a time for that and make sure everyone's there. So it's really, you can, you know, you can play against anyone in the world and you can also play against your buddies if that's what you want to do. Get some bragging rights. See, and the thing I like about this, like I'm a pretty active fantasy player, but also a pretty active daily fantasy player. And the thing that drives me nuts, because by the end of a hockey season, I'm sick of playing DraftKings because there's so many times where, you think you've built this great lineup. You know, you got McDavid, you've paired him up with Dreisaitl, you found good value, but then you'll sit there and they have one off night and the guy who picked two third liners from the Philadelphia Flyers who happen to each get two points beats you. I like the weekly format because I, I think it'll kind of, 
it'll give success to smarter players more. I think it takes out just a little bit of that random element that you get with DFS. Yeah, exactly. I mean, David can, you know, he can have a night like he did against my lease where he puts Morgan Riley in a blender <laughs> and then he can go out the next night and have one shot on goal and be a minus two, right? So, so hockey's very variable. Any given night, anyone can have something. But like you said, over that week, that can kind of even out. And then the decisions you make are uh, in that draft and throughout the week are key, which is what I really like about the hockey format as well. So uh, let's talk a little bit about, uh, you know, let's start with Connor McDavid when you get into our fantasy hockey talk. I've talked to a few people and some people in fantasy say, no, you take the best player and it's clearly Connor McDavid. There's an argument to be made that Nathan McKinnon is actually maybe the best fantasy player in the league. Where do you come out on that debate? I, I agree with, you know, you take McDavid. I think especially with this year, one thing I'm kind of doing in my leagues and in my week long, you look at each of the divisions, look at which teams are giving up goals and not what pace they all play at. And I think, you know, that just the North division, there's so much offense and maybe lack of defense at the same time where (laughs) I, you know, they're obviously one, two with the Kucherov injury, but every game they play can be a shootout. You know, you can go up against Toronto and have a six, five game, and then you can come back home and play, play Vancouver the next night. That can be a shootout too. So you've got all the teams, you've got the, you've got the space where I think a lot of goals are going to happen. And then all those back-to-backs, I take, I, they're both great skaters, I guess. So I don't want to say I'll take the guy with the legs, but <laughs> I don't think you can go wrong with either, but I'm definitely on the, on the McDavid bandwagon if you got first pick. I'm lucky if he slides to you in second. <laughs> uh, what about Leon Dreisaitl? Because I've seen some projections that have him a little bit lower than I would think. And it's weird because, I mean, he reigning Hart Trophy, reigning Art Ross winner. He's going to be a part of that deadly Oilers power play again. But I feel like there's some people who are, again, looking at his season last year and going, ah, it's a one-time thing. It was just a career year. And they're maybe not putting him in like that top four, top five range where I think he deserves to be. Do you think Drysaddle has another big year? Or do you think this could be a step back and maybe he goes from being, you know, a top three fantasy option like he was last year to maybe more of just like a top 10, top 15 guy? Uh, I still I still think he's right there. And I think a little bit of that. So I'm a big Leaf fan. I'll just throw that out there. I know you guys might not like that. <laughs> but I think, I think to a lesser extent, it's kind of what happens with Matthews and Marner, where I'm not saying they are, they're not that, you know, one and fourth draft pick, but they're kind of that next tier where Marner, to a certain extent, I think Leaf fans want to say is, you know, a top five fantasy player, maybe top 10 sometimes. But I think the general fan kind of pushes him down because of Matthews to a certain extent, where I don't think you look at it that, you know, dry cycle on another team. I don't think this conversation happens. I think it's okay. almost because of how good McDavid is and because he's number one, people want to move dry settle down, especially since, you know, I know a lot of times they kind of do creative things to get them out there. Maybe one at the end of the shift stays on. Um, but for the most part, they're all, they're playing different, even strength lines. Right. So yeah. I think sometimes people want to put them into almost different boxes where McDavid's uh, tier one and dry settles maybe second tier or just fringe tier one but I, I think they're both right there and you know if you're in that four or five spot I have no issue taking dry cycle if you if that's who comes to you like you said about the north division and how there could just be an offensive explosion this year how do you approach a goalie situation in a fantasy draft like where you know maybe a team plays three or four games in a week well yeah goalie it's it's tough because you don't know you know, I'm getting the, I'm getting the feeling that we're going to see a lot more rotation and that's kind of been the trend recently of teams are starting to use their backups more, just understanding how rest impacts players where I think for fantasy, it's this real unique situation where you might have it, you might play four times in the week now because of the condensed schedule and it's two back-to-backs where both goalies get two starts. So I think that's even something on our platform that 
lends itself to that situation where you can actively add and drop throughout the week. And if things change and, you know, a goalie gets hot and it's a backup and now he's suddenly, he's playing three of the four games, you can adjust your team and, you know, drop who you did pick for who has now kind of taken that spot once you adjust to what you're seeing week to week out there. So Brody, you're the, you're the expert here and I, you've been given some great little tips. I think if people listen back to this and, and hear what you have to say about weekly fantasy sports, but can you give us for a, for a new player that's going to come into owner's box this year and sign up thanks to your appearances all over the nation network? Uh, what kind of, what's the special tip that you can give somebody something to look for that maybe they're not necessarily thinking about right now? Yeah, sure. On our, on our platform, I would say a big part of any snake draft or, any sort of draft, when you're getting into smaller things, it's looking at almost who the other, who your competitors are taking. So if you're in a, if you're in a four man draft and the first three guys go goalie, I don't think that's going to happen often, but let's, let's say it does. There's no reason to take, take that goalie. You can now load up on your forwards or your defensemen or vice versa, depending on what it is. So I think that's, that's one of the strategical elements that some people don't pick up on right away in the, in the actual draft. And then other than that, I would say just, you know, just the knowledge of watching what's happening. Like I said, I think the North division could be shootouts. That's what it looked like last year, but teams can tighten up. Things change quick in NHL. You know, everyone has their idea of who's going to make the playoffs. And we all know two or three of those teams are going to be wrong because they are every year. So it's just, it's seeing what's happening and adjusting, adjusting to it would be, would be my thought. Brody, appreciate your time. Uh, I made my account yesterday. It comes with a sweet bonus as well. You guys are doing some sort of like a matching of the deposit type of thing for uh, for first time registers. Yeah, exactly. So if you were to go onto ownersbox.com or search us up in the app store on iOS, um, first thing you can do as you sign up, you get a $5 deposit as soon as you verify who you are. So $5 free to go out, try our site, see if you like the games, which we think you will. And then after that, like you mentioned, we have a deposit bonus going right now, still from the holiday season where up to $500 that you deposit, you would get matched in site credit that you can play with as well and eventually work towards um, transferring that into real money as you play. Pretty, pretty standard stuff. I think, I think a lot of the uh, web or people know the kind of rollover rules on, on that kind of stuff as well. So yeah, double your money on the first deposit. Uh, Owner's Box, you mentioned there's the app as well, iOS. Yeah, exactly. And Android app as well. If you search Perfect. Perfect. There you go. Owner's box Brody again. Thanks for your time, man. And I uh, look forward to maybe checking in throughout the season. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Looking forward to playing with you guys on this site as well. All right. There you go. It's Brody Schnarr from Owner's Box. I think, uh, I think our podcast is going to have to start one up here, boys. Yep. Listen, if you guys want me to dominate you, i think it's perfect too with the four players because you could we could literally just do like a two-week format where it's just one week it's all four of us head-to-head against each other and then the next week it's for a championship and then the two people get a break from it so yeah i I think it's super easy to do yeah and the thing i like as well like it'll be fascinating this first one it'll be exciting because fantasy drafts beginning of the year always exciting but as we get later into the season like looking into strength of schedule and things like that, which I think Brock at DFO does a great job of as well. So that like pairing DFO with owner's box for this season is going to be huge, but line combinations, strength of schedule, how many games they're playing that week. There's going to be so many things that factor into like how you're drafting. There's a chance if you're like a smart fantasy player, this could be like a bit of a moneymaker. It's, uh, it's, it's just such a, a neat concept that they've unlocked here that, that, I just, you know, it's been, it's been fun to be able to interact with them to start this year off. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And I think we have to plan a draft off air here. 
it's also going to be funny to take your money, boys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of course. Well, as somebody who has already won the nation real life pick'em, I look forward to adding more weekly fantasy championships to my resume <laughs> here at the Nation Network. So, uh, I'd like to remain undefeated. And I welcome all challengers. Head on over to ownersbox.com. Sign up. Try it for free. And like Tyler said, they are doing some matching as well. So it's a perfect opportunity to get yourself into fantasy hockey. Again, we're very close to a new season. Next week, next week, by the time we record, we will have two Edmonton Oilers games to talk about, which means that now is the time for you to get going with our friends at Owners Box on some fantasy stuff. Uh, I want to go back to training camp for a second because I've got a a question that came in for the mailbag that goes up on Monday um, on OilersNation.com that looks at where Alex Chieson fits in the lineup. Um, Looking at some of the the practice lines that Gregor posted on his Twitter today, I want to know where Alex Chieson fits in the lineup. First, I want to thank our friends at Tourism Jasper for helping make this all possible. Go to jasper.travel forward slash discover Jasper for all of the activities that they've got going on, including some great outdoor stuff that you can do while enjoying our wonderful national parks, getting yourself outside, maybe a change of scenery. Maybe you've been at home for the last nine months and you'd like to head out to the mountains. Our friends at tourism Jasper would love to make that happen. Again, jasper.travel has got all of the information that you need for a wonderful little vacay to the mountains. Gentlemen, you've had a moment to think. Alex Chieson. Right now, I would imagine he's probably slotted in as a fourth-line right winger. However, I don't know that to be certain. Tyler, when you're thinking about a guy like Alex Chason, he's in the last year of his contract that pays him $2.25 million. Where does he fit on this current lineup? I think it's pretty clearly in the bottom six. That shouldn't surprise anyone. And when you look at that right side, Yamamoto, Puyuyarvi, Cassian, it's pretty easy to see why Chason's likely going to be on a fourth-line winger. Even if he were to flip over to the left side, like you go down that list there, he's pretty clearly a fourth liner, but I don't hate that spot for him. A veteran who, who kind of knows what he can do on the ice. You know what you're going to get from him on a game to game basis. He has decent skills in the offensive zone. I think building a fourth line with him and Kyra, if they're both playing kind of at their best and they can both be consistent, that's a line who can kind of dominate the possession game. Get the puck out of your own, own end, bring it into the offensive zone create a cycle and just grind down the opposition, tire them out so that hopefully like the dream scenario would be you have a fourth line that can just cycle the puck, force the other team into an icing, then bang, they're tired. You throw a skilled line on the ice. So I like, I like having chase on, on the fourth line. I think him, Kara and whoever you have on that left side, Archibald Ennis, someone to put a little more speed there and, and be good on the four check. I think there's the makings of a really, really solid fourth line there. I also think that you mentioned Kara as well. I think that both of those guys, be it Chase on and Kara, have got a lot of pressure on them this year. Uh, Jujar hasn't had a great run. All, like We all love Jujar on this podcast, but I think we would all like to see him get back to the level he was playing at a couple of years ago. Chase on's looking for a contract for next year. So both of those guys, you would have to think, come in motivated. Rick, when you're looking at that spot on the fourth line for Chase on, does that, is that a good fit to you? Make sense? Um, with the health of the current roster, then yeah. Um, I don't think he is the fourth line player come game one. I think in a perfect world with everybody healthy, he's probably 13, 14, 15 type of spot. Um, honestly, for that fourth line, if you, if, if both guys are healthy, you're probably gonna play Neil above chase on, right? You got to almost yeah. just because of contracts or so they're playing Neil, on the same line. 
Yeah, so but in this case, Neil comes in, Chase on goes out, Neil plays with that uh um where did I have him? I don't like putting him there, but I wanted to see something where you had Kara, Archibald, and uh and Ennis as your as your fourth line. Or sorry, no, not Archibald, but um Archibald Nygaard and Kara. Okay. So you get some of that speed going for that fourth line, something that's really bit us before is that other teams fourth lines have come been out there and just outskated us you know there was nothing mm-hmm. much we could really do so i don't really want to get trapped into another chase on who's doesn't have the same speed if we can get the speed out there in that fourth line i think that's where uh that what that's what benefits us the most dan wrap us up i think that the guy that uh that rick just mentioned there uh a little bit but he, he's often forgotten and i think he's a necessary element on this team is josh archibald and so for me, I'm not putting Chase on in the lineup ahead of Archibald on the right-hand side. Uh, I would like to see a fourth line at some point. I know Haas is, is not skating yet. Right um, now, Archibald's for, on the th- right now Archibald's on the third line with Turris and Pugliarvi. Yep. Well, that's good, and that's a good spot for him. But I don't, I don't imagine that he sticks there just because of Cahoon and uh, and uh, Ennis oh, Cahoon, sliding Cahoon's up and down. In, Cahoon's in this lineup already. Cahoon's right, already Ennis, on the dry side. Line. But then Ennis is your fourth line. Left yes, Ennis is on the fourth right now. See, I, I, I don't imagine my fourth line, my, my best fourth line that I think that this team has is Gaetan Haas in the middle with Jujar Kara and Josh Archibald flanking him. I think that that's a, that's a line that if, if Jujar Kara is doing exactly what we need him to do, which is hitting everything that moves and punching faces that aren't moving, uh, and Josh Archibald doing the same thing, that is a line that could absolutely grind a, a second and third line of another team into paste. And then, and then you're, you're laughing with, with, with the offense when you get your guys out there again. So I, I, I just, I don't know, Chason's an expensive guy to not have in your lineup, but I don't know, it, to me it's, it's Neil over Chason, and then, and then that fourth line for me is a dream of Archibald, Kara, and Haas. I think they're trying. I think they try and move Chase on as soon as possible. I don't see him being a long term, because um, that third line you can easily just put Ennis, Turris, and Puliarvi together, right? And then it gives you like a, a legit top nine. Sprinkle them however the hell you want at the end of that, but then that leaves you with Kara, uh, Archibald, and Ni- and Nygaard as your fourth line. And I, I really like that as a fourth line. You know what? This conversation, I'm just as you guys were talking about where fucking Alex Chase on of all people fits. It just makes me happy that we've got depth on this team for the first time in a long yeah. time where this is a conversation we can actually have as opposed to Alex Chase on slotting in next to Connor McDavid yeah. or Leon Dreisaitl. I think <laughs> he's, is he's an option. To be in. He's an option. And that's the biggest thing for sure. It's not, he's not, like you said, he's not penciled in. He's an option that is serviceable in short stints at an NHL replacement level. What happens at the end of say Tuesday? Where do where do the AHL players go? Taxi squad or down to the American to an American. Well, that's what I mean. Camp. So they'll, they'll, yeah. so there'll be the there'll be the team, there'll be the taxi squad, and then the AHL squad. However, um, the AHL camp start on Tuesday or something. Like when do no, the AHL camp start? They're not coming back. Their plan isn't to come back until I think it's like February the seventh. So what now are these they, guys doing then? Well, they're going to have to. They would have to go to. Con- Bakersfield and do they go to Bakersfield right? or do they allow, or do they allow them to stay up in Edmonton and skate with the taxi squad or maybe not even with the taxi squad make them skate um, just with themselves because I think you go to stuff. Bakersfield there's you can't just send them to Bakersfield right I don't even know if you're allowed to skate out there right now 
there's a lot of question marks for me, and maybe I just haven't been reading enough, but there's a lot of question marks. This is a, a fair point by you, Rick. There's a lot of question marks and stuff that we don't know yet when it comes to the NHL's return to play plan. Like this yeah, morning I mean, when probably, the Dallas Stars – when the Dallas Stars announced this morning that six players and, and two coaches are out, they weren't allowed to say why, because the NHL wants to control the message and have that go out there. And this was all stuff that we just kind of learned today, that at least I learned today from, all leagues, from Elliot. All leagues, leagues kind of all, all all put it that way. I was going to say that like, to Rick. Just I thought the, the reaction to the Dallas Star thing was interesting because every league that has come back to play has had some flavor yeah. of this. If, if they're yeah, outside the bubble, it's so happen. I mean, like baseball, it happened. Football, it happens. Uh, it's going to be I, interesting to see how these games get rescheduled for the stars. Sorry, go ahead, there. Well, and hockey fans, I, you have to excuse that just because hockey fans, I think that are hockey fans only, maybe haven't been introduced to that because we were in a bubble originally, and so the cons- the the consistency of corona cases wasn't there, and so they're not used to it. There's, and in, and I mean, also there's a real fear for for all players that get this. You know, what does that mean for them long term, the the long COVID issue that some people have been talking about? So there's a lot of question marks that we just don't know. And so I forgive that. I, I agree with you, though, Beg Milk. There was a lot of people that were like, well, let's just cancel the season now and hold off. It's That's not how it's going to happen. This is an acceptable level of risk that we're going into here. And, you know, you, you credit the players for, for risking that uh, with the possibility of it throwing the whole schedule out of place. And again, there's another question mark that I, I kind of posed on Twitter. Does do, does the league really stress themselves to try and reschedule stuff with such the league's already got it. They already have they already have a certain set of plans, I guarantee it. It's gonna be well, interesting that, just the, to see how things get sorted. It's on paper somewhere. Um, maybe it hasn't been released to us, but you know, at the end of the day should it really um, yeah. yeah, no, there's definitely there's definitely a, a, a plan. So I couldn't imagine that the NHL approached a new season that's starting, uh, you know, less than a week from now without having a plan of rescheduling yeah. games. No, they've seen it. They've baseball. seen it in, in the leagues before them. So they knew they're going to have to deal with it. But here's the issue, right? It's we saw it with the Miami Marlins. We saw it with the Philadelphia Phillies. They had such bad Corona cases that they, they got to the point where they couldn't even use their replacement level players. They couldn't use their, their own taxi squad of players. And they were signing. That was also, that was also April or May or something too. Right. So that's a lot, that's a lot different time. People weren't exactly taking it seriously and whatnot, but at the same time now we're at the point now where we have to learn how to live with this. It's almost over. We got to restart the world and we got to learn how to live with the the rest of the way. Cause we can't just shut everything off. You can't do that anymore. You got to figure out a way to live with this. My big question for the Dallas Stars is, so their, their season goes back to the 19th now, and so they've got to reschedule three or four games, which is fine. But if the Dallas Stars have two or three more outbreaks and other teams don't have that, are we going to see a situation like last year where win percentage becomes the, the benchmark that you have, to, uh, you have to mark everybody by, and that's who, who makes the playoffs and who doesn't? Yeah. To me, the that's, easy, the easy way to look at it would be... already, too. That's I would say, to, to me, like the easy easy thing to be what like what a baseball do they reschedule games like fucking crazy yep and that's what's going to happen if your team has an outbreak and i'm sure all the teams have agreed to this now and it should be known that if you know dallas's outbreak has to last or ends up lasting two weeks then dallas has to know guess what a lot of double headers you're playing an extra week at the end of the regular season and in that extra seven days you might need to play four or five games but that's the reality of the situation like we we know there's going to be cases The Dallas Stars aren't going to be the only one. There's nothing you can do about it to an extent, but you need to be prepared for it. And I think the NHL, the NHL should have no excuse to not have a firm, concrete plan for all of this. 
I think the biggest plan rate is going to be uh, the taxi squad. Obviously, they're probably connected right now just because of training camp and stuff. But once um, the day comes where you got to slice them and, you know, they probably won't see each other anymore. So when this does happen, it's going to be like football where, you know, you have a team playing without any fucking receivers or you have a team playing with, you know, uh, the receiver who played quarter, you know, played quarterback when he was seven. They're like, oh, here's the ball, kid. Get at her. I can't wait it's to gonna see happen. a fucking another Zamboni driver stepping in as a goalie. Yo, I was going to say that if you got, if you got somebody coming in and playing quarterback, man, are they going to start, you know, the defense, is going to be a point where Chris Russell is going to be like, well, I guess uh, I'm going to say, boys, we got enough this defense is, in here. This is the moment I've been waiting for. <laughs> this comes right. out and puts up five shutouts in a row. One last housekeeping item I want to get to before Tyler gets his hot and cold performer buttons ready. We talked about him a lot already today, but we did not talk about his number change. Mr. Jesse Pulley his first season back with the Oilers after coming back from Finland, switched it up. Number 98 going to number 13. I, I kind of liked it, to be honest. Fresh start, fresh sure. number, fresh look. Uh, what did everybody think about the number change for Jesse Pugliarvi? Tyler, I'm going to start with you. I know you got a Pugliarvi 98 jersey. I do. And so if anyone should care about this, it should be me, but I don't. <laughs> a, a player's number that they wear, it's just whatever. Yeah, fresh start, wear a new number for sure, man. Like, I don't care. I didn't have a problem with 98. I thought it was cool. 13's fine. It's a traditional hockey number. I, I just, this isn't a story to me. I don't care. Dan? I think my biggest takeaway is just uh, and we talked about a little bit before the podcast started, is Oilers fans are tired of their players getting railroaded for stuff that has nothing to do with how they're playing. If you don't, if you go out and you struggle as a player, sure, you're fair game and open season from the media, but this nuanced bullshit is just annoying. And it's, and it's enough is enough. Leave the players alone. And Rick, I know you don't agree with me, but go it's ahead. Just an it's just an opinion, man. Like, why... Yeah. I don't know why Whatever. we sit there and worry about it so much. But it's just, uh, it, it's all it, just, sorry, go ahead. I, I, I get it. You don't agree with it, but at the same time, you're not going to change the old man's point of view. Uh, there is, listen, when, when they got, when they were raised, there was that, that respect level. I mean, I think everyone here besides uh, young Tyler here, there was a time when the families got together and as a kid, you didn't even get to sit on the goddamn couch. <laughs> you know, you were sitting on the floor till every single adult got a fucking chair and that they wanted to use a chair for their feet. They use a chair for their feet and you still sat on the damn floor, you know, then you go back another generation and that's just the way they're, that's just the way they're raised, man. It's but for know, me. The situation is for me. The situation is we have a player that's come in. He's had a long holdout. He's had some issues with the organization. He was tired and done with this organization for a while and he understood it. And then he comes back and he hasn't even played a game yet. And we're already starting to critique him about something. Why? You're right. It's just his opinion. It's one guy's opinion. Thing. It's not a we thing. It's not like That's the media right. is like, oh, let's get him for this. Like Jim Matheson had a take. People didn't like it. Some people did. Some people agree to them. It's a fucking take. Like, I don't know. This but is this, being, it's being blown so far out of proportion. It's ridiculous. Is, is, this, is this not the point of his job now? Like, I know, like, back in the day, you're probably meant to sell newspapers and radio or whatever the <laughs> fuck it is but now um you get judged and paid on clicks right or or interactions nah, i don't even think that's part of his job i just think that was his take and he's got a lot that, of takes doesn't that, keep, doesn't that keep you um relevant uh, a little sure yeah, i guess but at this your point bosses and stuff like let's face it the yeah. newspaper industry is dying those guys are losing their jobs by the fucking minute so you got to be out there doing whatever and yeah. he's not afraid to fucking say something that you know, this generation's not really going to like because they don't really look at things like that way anymore. But 
I don't know. I don't know. I just think this this became like a six day story and it should have been a six minute story (laughs) to me. Like, I just, I don't care about it at all. If you have no opinions of people, I just stop following them. If you have no idea what we're talking about right now, Jim (laughs) Matheson, uh, Hall of Fame journalist here in the city says, no, it is not okay for a player to wear 98 in a city where 99 was made famous. Don't care if it's the year Jesse was born. It's a bad look. Just acknowledge there are lots of numbers and he has taken 13. Good for him to get Go with 102. And if you, at the current count, as we record this, it is 214 on a Friday afternoon, one 1,100 plus responses to that tweet from Damn Jim. Right. So he got his dose on Twitter for that one. Again, I don't care what number he wears. He could wear fucking pie on the back of his jersey for all I care. It doesn't matter to me. Personally, Dude, I from what I understand, dope. his shoulders so damn wide, he get like six, seven digits in the pie. Well, that's what we didn't even get a chance to mention it. We'll save it for a later date, but uh, after we've actually watched him play. But word on the street is the kid has just ballooned into a mammoth of a man. Yeah, okay. so I'm I'm lucky enough to I don't know. Will we put this uh, this jersey in the uh, in in the whatever the shit we call it on social afterwards? Little picture we use. Yeah. yeah. But uh, no, my buddy went and picked him up, and uh, yeah, he's said you know the the, the kid's neck is it's like, it's like a it's like a tree right now that he's uh, he was always tall, but he's he's filled in and he's filled out, and he looks uh, rather impressive right now. Having a guy the size of Jesse Pugliarvi and a big getting some big man strength from him that could be a game changer for the others because dude and he like legit he can sit there and leon can show him things on how to uh, on how to utilize his body for for puck protection out there right i think leon's great at it i think you know i don't know if you watched uh joe thornton growing up but i think he does a great job just like him and this is one thing that yes he's going to be able to do he's going to have the opportunity to, to muscle guys off the puck man like this guy is fucking huge he's massive right now it's gonna be it's gonna be great going forward Last thing I want to touch on before we get to hot, cold performers, last players. And I welcome everyone on the podcast to give me their favorite number 13s from Edmonton Oilers history. We start off in 1983 with Ken Lindsman, the rat started wearing it. That is a solid choice. Risto yellow in 1986 wore it. Germont Titov in 2000 wore it. I honestly, Rick, I think you'll appreciate this one. I can't believe Germont Titov was already 21 years ago. That that's crazy to me. Uh, Todd Hart. Todd Harvey wore 13 in 2006. That was the cup run. Andrew Cogliano wore it from there, 2008 to 2011. Cam Barker, third overall pick. <laughs> I remember that was a low-cost bet oh. that I wrong on. Dude, that, uh, was a big, that was a big offseason. We picked up five big players that year. I thought things were turning around. Whew. Mike Brown wore it next, 2013-2014. He had a hell of a duster in his time here. Steve <laughs> Pinizzato, 2014-2015, wore it. Lil D. 2017 wore it after he came over for in a trade for the playoff run. Of course, he got, scored that big goal in the playoffs. A lot of people remember David DeHarnay's goal there. Mike Camilleri almost forgot he was an Oiler. He wore it in 2018. And Jay Downton, Jason Garrison wore it in 2019. <laughs> His brief tenure with the Oilers as a real murderer's row of players to wear number 13 for the franchise. Uh, anybody have a favorite on that list outside of Pugliarvi? I think I'm going to go with uh, Steve Penizzato. Cogliano, buddy. Cogliano. Yeah, Cogs is Cogs is a pretty good pick. Pick was but Kenny Linsman for people that aren't Tyler's age. Of course, the rap, <laughs> the rap. We could use a player like that right now. Absolutely could, Tyler. Yep. you've waited patiently. I have this podcast going long today. <laughs> it is time to get your buttons ready. Let's wrap it up with the Oodle Noodle Hot and Cold Performers of the Week. Oodle Noodle, fourteen locations across the city. Number fifteen coming in Fort Saskatchewan. 
Go check them out to get something to eat. There is a location near you, and they're donating 10% from all curbside and takeout orders to local charities and initiatives. This week's charity partner is Scars. There's a video on Oodle Noodlegram on Instagram and Oodle underscore Noodle on Twitter of Jay playing with some adorable puppies with the fine folks at Scars. Go to Oodle Noodle, get yourself something to eat, and know that you are doing your part to support a great local initiative. All right, boys, as we do every week, we start off with the veggies. Cold performers, top of my screen is Tyler Uremchuk. You're up first, Ooh. my friend. Your Oodle Noodle Cold Performer of the Week. Uh, honorable mention to uh, the Dallas Stars story there. I mean, it, it, we knew it was going to happen, but it does suck to see a COVID outbreak happen this early on in training camp. So that was disappointing to see. But my cold performer, I'm going to take it outside of hockey. I'm going to give it to my Toronto Raptors. Yikes. Mm-hmm. One and six to start the year. Hopefully they can make it two and six tonight against Sacramento. But they have been just absolutely brutal so far. So the Toronto Raptors, you get my cold performer of the week. What the hell is going on? Uh, Rick, you are underneath Tyler on my screen. I'm coming to you next. Your Oodle Noodle cold performer of the week. Well, like Tyler there, he took it outside of hockey. And as am I, um, this goes back, what was it, Sunday, I think it was. This goes out to one man. And then it has to go to the entire organization because they didn't do anything about it. But Doug Peterson, the coach of the Philadelphia Eagles, they have their new rookie in there. They win the game. Their rival makes the playoffs. And they're also playing another one of their rivals. They're playing Washington, whatever. Everybody knows how it goes. At the end of the second half, that of the second quarter, they took out their quarterback and put in their third string, just so their team could not win, so their rivals could not make the fucking playoffs. They <laughs> sacrificed the game. Oh. He took his best player out of the fucking lineup, put somebody else in there, like a nobody, so his team couldn't lose. Or so his team could just lose. Just so that so his team could lose, so the Giants couldn't make the playoffs. And now, not only is it on him because that's bullshit. I think it's hilarious, <laughs> but when you take it outside the funny part, it's bullshit. But when, on the, when the, nobody got rid of him, like he should do that shit, dude should have lost his job the first thing the next morning for what he did. Those players have to be fucking pissed. They're, this is on Doug Peterson. It's on the Eagles for not doing anything about it. <laughs> uh, so you, you got the Giants saying we have been hoodwinked, bamboozled, <laughs> led astray, <laughs> run amok and flat out deceived. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I respect uh, it as in, the, in the humorous part of it, but when you take it and you look at an actual sports view of it, then that's absolute bullshit. You cannot do that. Whew. Fiery. Dan, I don't know how you're going to follow that one up. Your oodle noodle hot performer of the, or cold <laughs> performer of the week, I should say. Well, Tyler, if you're recording this, it's going to go to me. I was going to do something different, but it's going to go to me. Uh, so for those of you who are just listening to this, uh, when I'm on podcasts, I usually have something I'm just fidgeting with in my hands to kind of help me. I don't know, whatever. <laughs> Anyways, I had a, um, a stress ball that my stepdaughter made for me, uh, made out of Ooh. a thing called Ooblek and it just burst. So if you can see my hands, <laughs> it's an absolute gong show mess here right now. I am I am covered in this liquid that, uh, so Ooblek is a, is a mixture of cornstarch and water. And when it, is when it's given pressure, it becomes a solid. And when it's left to just sit, it becomes a liquid. So I have a solid liquid mixture that is just all over right now. <laughs> I am absolutely <laughs> covered in Ooblek. So it's me for Ooblek breaking a ball. I'm upset. You should cool. be upset, Dan. You've got Ooblek all, all over yourself. I'm so good. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> 
Uh, my cold performer of the week, again, I hate to do this because it's we as a collective Oilers fans. You're taking bait on being trolled already, and the season hasn't even fucking started yet. Oilers fans, we got to be confident in ourselves. We can make fun of ourselves better than anybody. and we Nobody can. else can. So don't walk into the traps set down by fan bases of other teams. We're doing it already. I'm seeing it on social. We, as the collective cold performer of the week. That's a joke. That's an absolute joke is what it is. I agree. Flipping the ledger, we are going to the positive. I'm going to start with Nation Danks. He's covered in Ooblek, your <laughs> Oodle Noodle Hot Performer of the Week. Uh, my Hot Performer of the Week goes out to, the, uh, to Hockey Canada and to the, uh, to the whole committee around the World Juniors, TSN, all that, all that good stuff. Um, putting on a World Junior event in the middle of a global pandemic is nothing short of a miracle. And having it kind of go off with, you know, a few hitches here and there, uh, but for the most part, a great tournament, uh, an excellent final game by the U.S. team, just absolutely shutting down a, a Canadian team that was, you know, as the show went on in the conversation for, uh, for one of the best Canadian World Junior teams we had ever. Uh, the Americans came in, shut them down, played a great game, and then they brought out a trash can that just upset the entire country for, for about 24 hours. So uh, the World Juniors uh, is my hot performer of the week. Cash money. I forgot uh, Rick, about that. Rick, you were passionate about your cold performer. I hope you followed up with something equally as passionate for your Oodle Noodle Hot Performer of the Week. It might be a little uh, repetitive, but I'm going to go with this week's Hot Performer, as I think most people already know this. I'm going to give it to my friend, Mr. 13, Yessa Pugliarvi, as uh, when he was over in Finland playing for Carpat. I had an opportunity to talk to him a couple of times, told him I was looking for a jersey. And on his way back this season, he brought not only one, but he brought two. So I got mine here. There is a lot uh, of advertisements going on. I was going to say, you're talking about people getting upset about ads on helmets for the NHL. Look at this thing. This is NASCAR. (laughs) There's a lot going on here. But yeah, no, he uh, he took it upon himself to bring back a couple (laughs) of jerseys for a couple of buddies. So uh, the first game in which uh, both Alvin, my friend, and I can go to the game, we'll both be rocking one white, one black, Carpat number nine, Pugliarvi jersey. So uh, thank, thanks, my buddy, Yessa Pugliarvi. I hope Dan's uh, headphones are still connected <laughs> yeah. as he goes into the bathroom to try and wash this fucking shit off his head. I they are. Oobleck. This is an experiment. I can't touch oh, my keyboard to mute it, so I'm sorry. Your word of the day is Use your nose. Oobleck. Uh, Dan, we're going to watch him go into the bathroom now. Dan is going to the back. <laughs> I know this is an audio podcast, so I'm just going to describe it for you. Can you hear That's the water? It. Yeah, oh yeah, we can. Oh, yeah, we oh. hear a little water, a little washing of the hands. Good stuff. Yeah. comes off pretty easy with water, apparently. <laughs> good. Good for you. Uh, Tyler, Oodle Noodle, hot performer of the week. Honorable mention to my Buffalo Bills. Big playoff game tomorrow against the Colts. Bills Mafia, let's go. But my hot performer of the week. I suspect he's going to lead this podcast in hot performers of the week through 2021. I've already given it to Connor McDavid, the beautiful score goals he's scoring at training camp. They are getting me excited. He had the overtime winner. He scored a beauty today as well. Connor McDavid scoring goals makes all feel right in the world. He's done it twice. Connor McDavid, thank you. You're my hot performer of the week. He's a hot guy. He really is. He really is. Uh, just to wrap it up, they don't get they don't get much love. In fact, we were even just talking about uh, how the media in the city can be tough. I'm going to go ahead and give 
the media in Edmonton, my hot performer of the week, just because they are scratching the itch with some of the content they're posting on their social channels, be it goals that guys are scoring, photos from training camp, whatever it is, we're not allowed in the building. They are right now. And I love to see it because I need it. I had months away from hockey. I've missed it since the Oilers got bumped in the summer. I am so fucking excited for next week's games. The sleep, it's like Christmas. And I'm just going to say thank you to the Reed Wilkins, the Tom Gazolas, the Jason Greggers at all for posting training camp updates. I love it. Thank you very much. Hot performer of the week. Damn Arby's boys. Wheels up. Ski skirt. I don't know why you put that on there, but I am so happy you That's put that brilliant. on. I totally forgot about that. I forgot uh, about that sound bite. One more time, please, Tyler. Just one more. Damn Arby's boys. Wheels up. Ski skirt. The best. I love that. You can get that guy on Cameo, by the way. Really? Uh, yeah. Holy uh, shit. From all of us at Oilers Nation Radio, I want to thank... Our friends at Sherwood Ford, the Giants, Skip the Dishes, Tourism, Jasper, and Oodle Noodle for making this all possible. And more importantly, for you for listening. And also for for Brody from Owner's Box for giving us a couple of minutes, teaching us about Owner's Box. Head on over there, get your fantasy start at ownersbox.com. We are going to sign up as a podcast. We're going to get something Mm -hmm. done here. We are going to make some bets so that I can reign supreme. Next week, we're going to talk a little bit of betting because I'm going to turn on to a turn into a full-on D-Gen here with the weather season coming back. I can already see them prop loads. Prop go bets. offense, go oh. offense, go offense, go offense, go offense. All right. Tyler, I can't wait for our, our texts back and forth on where we're betting our money yep. starting on Wednesday, my friend. I'm looking forward to it. Again, thank you for everybody that listens to this. Head on over, leave us a review. I haven't read any reviews on the podcast for a couple of weeks, so I need some fresh ones. Head on over, give us a review. I will read them. Hit us up on social. We'll read your commentary just like we did on the bold predictions. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. Tell a friend, tell a relative, coworker, whoever. Let's grow the podcast. Season starts in a few days. We're excited. Weathers Nation Radio, episode 119. Fare thee well, everybody. Have a good weekend. Shout out, Ublick. Best wishes. Thanks for listening to Oilers Nation Radio, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Make sure to follow us on all of our social media to stay up to date and never miss a podcast. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.